Hello and welcome to today's episode. Today I am talking with Lindsay Fauntleroy about Nature Knows, Soul Lessons from the Five Elements. You are listening to Creating Wellness from Within, a podcast devoted to helping you live your best life through self-care and wellness. In each episode, we strive to offer you actionable advice and tools to help you on your journey towards greater personal wellness. I am your host, Amy Zellmer. I am the editor-in-chief of Minnesota Yoga and Life Magazine and the Brain Health Magazine. Additionally, I've also published four books on the topic of brain injury and concussion. I am passionate about yoga, wellness, photography, travel, and all things glittery. You can learn more about me at creatingwellnessfromwithin.com. Today, my guest is Lindsay Fauntleroy, and she is a licensed acupuncturist and the author of In Our Element, Soul Medicine to Unleash Your Personal Power. She is the founder of The Spirit Seed, a school that offers personal and professional development courses that are rooted in ancestral understandings of health, humanity, nature, and the cosmos. Lindsay is a certified instructor for the National Certification Commission for Acupuncture in Oriental Medicine, as well as a facilitator of the Flower Essence Society's Global Practitioner Certification Program. Her approach to soul medicine emerged through over 15 years of clinical practice, doctoral studies of indigenous and African diasporic psychology, and her commitment to community wellness. Lindsay's five element flower essence remedies, the elementals, are available nationally and internationally. Welcome to the podcast, Lindsay. I'm so excited to chat with you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah. And your bio, I'm just like, oh, (laughs) this is a pretty cool chick. So (laughs) (laughs) thank you. So, Lindsay, where would you like to start it? Like, where would you like to jump in first? Well, just even with this idea of nature knows, right? Mm, you know, I, yeah. I think that we hear and are starting to hear, thankfully, so much about ecotherapy practices, about the importance of spending time in nature. And, you know, even with these past two years of the pandemic, I think everyone's Mm. kind of slowing down and starting to value that stillness and that quiet and the serenity of nature where, you know, if if we can. Um, But when I'm talking about nature knows, I'm actually talking about something else as it relates to nature. And I think that's as good a place as any to start. Great. So really, when I say nature knows, I'm talking about this kind of intelligence of nature. So when we're looking at old world psychologies, whether we're looking at the yoga systems or we're looking at Ayurveda or East Asian medicine or African spiritual systems, all of these uh, healing modalities were connected to nature in some way. And it's this idea of how do we connect with nature as a metaphor for what's going on in our psyche? How do we use this visible manifestation of nature to inform what's happening in the invisible part of ourselves? And so that's where these soul lessons really kick in. It's a practical way of thinking about the nature around me, the environment that I'm in, the season that I'm in, and what does that tell me about what I'm trying to create or manifest or or heal in my own psychological makeup? Mm, 
You know, and I think, yeah, I mean, you go back hundreds or thousands of years, right? And like our medicine comes from nature and our food obviously comes from nature until, you know, more, more recent times with processed (laughs) foods, but you know, like the saying, eat the rainbow. Right. Mm. And they're not referring to Skittles. They're referring to (laughs) eating the rainbow of fruits and vegetables. And, you know, like I say it all the time in my yoga practice to my students that our body tells us everything we need to know. We just need to listen to it. And that's That's where yoga or meditation or Qigong, all these practices that help us, you know, turn inward and listen to our body and what it is telling us. And it's beautiful, you know, in terms of the integration of yoga with five element theory or acupuncture theory, that there's such a synergy because the way we listen is the same way you know, our body doesn't necessarily talk to us through words. I mean, for some of us, it does. Don't eat that, do this, you know. But a lot of times what we receive, or I'll speak for myself when I'm in a yoga practice, is that I'll see an image or I'll feel a sensation, a movement of life force or chi, or I'll hear a song that kind of emerges that I, that starts to play and repeat. And so the same way that our bodies talk to us is the same way that nature talks to us. Mm-hmm. So that learning how to listen is really, you know, when we can listen to nature, we can definitely listen to our bodies with more wisdom and, and vice versa. Mm-hmm. I love that. And I just want to, I want to mention, I've been doing summer yoga at the river here in town and um, there's this beautiful pavilion right along the river, but the birds are chirping Mm. and tweeting and you hear the river kind of flowing and the breeze. And I'm just like, there's just something so magical about doing yoga there, right? With all this nature surrounding you. And I don't know, there's just something about the birds. I know some people are scared of birds, but um, (laughs) (laughs) there's like this fear of birds for some people, but um, I just love listening to them while we're like lying there in Shavasana. And I don't know, nature is so soothing. It's a different kind of music, right? Just yeah. listening. It's like almost like an orchestra, you know, there's mm-hmm. the the river, there's the birds, there's the breeze and every everything's in conversation with one another. In fact, when we look at some of the oldest stories of acupuncture theory, this is one of my favorite uh, creation stories of acupuncture. I, I don't know if it's quote unquote true, but this idea that the way that acupuncture originated was uh, through an ancient shaman who was driving stakes into the ground at the Mm. pressure points um, in the earth in order to make the rains fall and to bring balance in the the water and the fire of the earth. And so in the same way, we're looking at the body as being a metaphor for the earth. And we're using acupuncture needles or acupressure, if you don't do the needles thing, um, to regulate the flow, to regulate that energy, to bring those reins um, in the places that we need them in our body. So this listening to the body and and seeing the body as an extension of nature is a huge part of, of this practice, especially when we start thinking about these soul lessons. Mm-hmm. So what are some of the soul lessons or maybe, maybe even starting with what are the five elements for someone who maybe doesn't, that's not a familiar term to them? Yeah. So the five elements in East Asian medicine are water, wood, fire, 
earth and metal. And so it is a little different for those who maybe work with astrology or Ayurveda. You know, it is a different element system. And I, I try to tell people not to get too upset about that. And I think about it in this way. If I'm living in a desert, I'm going to have a certain relationship with fire. Fire is going to show up for me in a particular way. I'm going to call on fire in a particular way or not if I'm living in a desert. And that might be different from someone who's living in, say, the North Pole or a cold climate. Their relationship with fire and the sun is going to be different. So with each of these systems that all have their element correspondences, you know, fire is fire is fire. And also the way we relate to that particular energy is going to differ based on our context. So the five elements, as I talk about them, um, originated in East Asia um, with the five element wheel. And so each of those elements has signatures and the, in the five element system, each of those elements has a particular season, time of the year that it represents. Each of those elements has a particular, particular sounds, both in nature and in a person's voice. Each has a color and each has particular ways that it shows up in terms of our perspective and how we see the world and, and how to move through the world. And what's beautiful about that is that you don't have to memorize a whole bunch of stuff in order to tap into these elements. It's, it's really as, as elegant and as simple and as complex as imagining what spring feels like and then imagining what spring feels like when you're trying to create something. You know, it's using this nature as a metaphor for your your own internal process. And we can learn just as much from inside as we do from reading about these elements in a book. Mm -hmm. And I believe so we're in summer right now and that I believe that is fire, fire, correct? Yes. So the fire season, the fire element is, of course, the summer. And when we look out in nature, we see a lot of activity. Right. You know, the, the metaphorical birds and the bees, but there's some truth to that. Right. <laughs> yeah, the flowers, yeah. everything's blooming. And so and everything is really light and revealed. You know, I think about the summer as the time of the year when I'm feeling a little bit more social, a little bit more extroverted. There's longer hours in the day. So I maybe want to fill my day with more things. I have more stuff to do. Life gets very busy. So that's the fire element. It's what we would say is the most young time of the year. And the fire element is about that activity and that relationship and wanting to connect with others and be connected to each other. It's, it's almost like life is a party when we're talking about the fire element. And so when we are learning the soul lessons from the fire element, it's looking at, well, what are the ways that I'm able to enjoy life and approach life as a party and what's getting in the way of that? What are the ways that I'm able to connect to other other people, projects that I'm interested in and or what gets in the way of that connection. And then there's also this connection between the fire element and the sun and this kind of integrity of my being, you know, and how do I live in that integrity? So those are all the things that we learned from the fire element. And I've kind of summed it up as, as these four soul lessons. The first one being that you are whole, just like the sun, no matter where it's shining, the sun is the sun is the sun. And the same is true for ourselves. Um, there's this inherent integrity to our being. And then the next lesson that fire teaches us is to just open your heart. 
you know, the nature of the human heart is to radiate and to expand and to glow just like the sun. And if that's not happening, we can, we can turn to the fire element to support us in that. The next soul lesson is that joy has juice mm. so that we can charge our engines with things that make us feel good, that bring us pleasure, that we look forward to, that kind of childlike sense of wonder and excitement for just being alive. And then the last lesson of the fire element that I talk about in my book are that our senses are sacred. And so really leaning into how amazing it is that we have these bodies where we can taste and touch and see and smell and hear and to really delight in that as as just part of the sacred part of being human. Mm, so beautiful. And <coughs> excuse me, um, you know, just I, I love how they all kind of just tie right into one another, right? Like, like you said, open your heart, the sun is radiant, your whole um, joy, and then your senses, like they just all tie together so beautifully. Yeah. And that's, that's just the archetypal essence of the fire element. And then of course, that's more of a, a broad stroke or an archetypal stroke of the fire element. But then as we each work with the fire element and see where it's showing up in our own lives and what relationships and, you know, how we allow ourselves to be seen and to be visible and to shine, then it becomes more nuanced and personal for each of us as we're, as we're doing that work. Mm. And, you know, there's, so you say there's five elements, um, but there's four seasons, So how does that kind of fall into the wheel? So one of the elements is such a great question. There's two elements that are a little hard to kind of translate. And so the first one, as it relates to the seasons, is the earth element. And the earth element is the transition between seasons. Mm -hmm. So it's this idea that between each season, we kind of come back to earth because this is the playing ground for all of this stuff. And so um, there are some classical texts that put that earth element as the late summer. Um, Here in New York, it gets really super humid and sticky and kind of gross. (laughs) So that's kind of, yeah, (laughs) or that harvest season a lot of times is associated with the earth element. So yes, and, you know, there's, there's this kind of short, brief, late summer season that's classically associated with the earth element. And then there's that. I would say it's about three weeks before and after each change of seasons, each equinox and each solstice. That's kind of that earth element kicks in um, that we can start experiencing. And then the other element that's a little uncommon um, when when I speak about it here in the Western world is the metal element. Because everyone is like, well, what the heck is metal besides the man-made metal? You know, we think of, you know, and so the correspondence to metal is, you know, we could think about a mountain, we could think about precious metals and gemstones and gold and all of those things are the metal element. But what we also think about with the metal element is it's that, that phase of transition, often called death you know, that's in this realm of invisible where it's like the spirit becomes its essence. So that's another element season that we see um, awaken in the fall or the autumn season, you know, when the, the trees lose their leaves and start to shed and 
we could think about it as a stage of compost of things going and transitioning from the material world into the ephemeral or into the spiritual or returning to the essence. That's the, that's the other element that people are sometimes like, well, what is that? Mm, Uh, But we really feel it in the fall. And we notice that Mm -hmm. in the autumn season, there's a lot of um, holidays and sacred traditions that have to do with um, death or ancestors, or some folks speak about the veil, becoming thin, you know, there's a lot of different correspondences to that, that time of year. You know, I'm just thinking of when I was in Washington state and they have all the rainforest, um, which actually very surprised me when I went there the first time. Um, But the rainforest, like it's in all the different stages. Like Mm. there's the composting trees on, you know, the floor, but they help the new trees, like you see all this new foliage growing out of that fallen tree. Um, and I'm just like, I remember walking through the, through this forest and they had like the, the little information stations to read. And I was just like, it's just like the circle of life right here in the forest. Yeah. It, it really, was really cool. Is. And it's like each phase kind of lends itself to the next phase, you know, and when we think about five element theory, we call it a creation cycle where we go from, if we were to start in metal with something composting on the ground and from that compost, the new seeds are nurtured. And that seed is the phase of the water element. And then out of that seed, something sprouts up and comes out of the soil. That's the wood element. Mm -hmm. And then from that sprout, there's this blossoming and there's flowers and there's the birds and the bees and all the attraction. And that's the fire element. And then from there, we come to the fruit. And that's what nurtures and sustains life. And that's the earth element. And then that apple falls from the tree and starts to compost. And we're back at metal again. And the cycle just keeps continuing. Yeah. Mm, That's so beautiful. And, you know, I've been learning Qigong. Mm -hmm. And so that has all the the five elements and um, the different meridian points on our bodies that we need to support during each of those elements. Um, which I've been finding that really fun learning all that. It's such a beautiful, uh, it's such a beautiful science and a beautiful art. And one of the things that I, I talk about in the book is, you know, mapping those meridians for each element into different yoga poses. Mm. So if you're in a fire element season, you know, the meridians of the fire element are going to span across the heart and across across the back, the upper back, the trapezius muscles and things like that. And so to awaken that fire element, you can really do some great yoga poses that open up the shoulders, that open up the heart, that, you know, really awaken those meridians and charge them up. And then you put some fire element music on top of it. And the Mm -hmm. next thing you know, you've got a full sequence going um, to support the fire element. Mm, I love that. And I've really been enjoying learning Qigong and incorporating it into yoga because they, they flow together so beautifully. Um, I'm just, I I'm really, really enjoying the, the Qigong elements that I'm putting into my yoga practice. How do you integrate them? If you don't mind me asking, it sounds so fast. Um, so, yeah. So I've been learning from a woman, her name's Wenlin and, um, she specifically is teaching how to incorporate them into yoga. And so 
um, like the water wheel. I'm not sure if you're familiar with the water wheel and Qigong. Like, I mean, it's just playing off of warrior one and, mm. you know, collecting your water and bringing it up. It's just, it's just, so you're taking a warrior one, but you're moving it into more of a flowing pose. Yeah. Right. Instead of just Beautiful. holding the pose, you're flowing through your Qigong movements. Right. Um, and I'm loving it. I, I love the flow of it. I love that all of these systems, whether we're talking about Qigong, whether we're talking about yoga, we're, we're, you know, they all kind of originate from the same mind, you know, yeah. this, this kind of, um, there's a, an author named Jean Gebser who kind of looks at the, the way the mind has worked through the span of humanity. And he talks about this phase as like the magical and mythical consciousness, right? And so, there's so much synergy between these different systems, even though they're within their own right, they have their own integrity and they're all, you know, complete systems. But then it's like, oh, this is kind of like this. And I can bring this Qigong into my yoga or I can massage these meridians in my yoga or, you know, and they just kind of all are, are speaking to each other in a way that we're, we're kind of fortunate to be in a time where we can start to bring these pieces together and share them globally, really. Mm hmm. Yeah. And I know I'm, I'm really into like essential oils, which I'm sure is similar to the flower essences you work with. And, um, you know, just putting those on your meridian points before yoga. And I, I don't know, it's just so much fun to play with it all. It is. It's like, you know, the alchemist mind, it's like, You've almost yes. created your own like yes. magical laboratory in your own body. Yes. <laughs> so you start to look at, oh, this oil resonates with this song or resonates with this point or resonates with this pose. There's so much resonance, you know, and that's mm-hmm. this really associative mind that's able to create these connections between all of these things that on the surface are different, but at their essence are speaking the same language. Hmm. Yeah. You know, it's like, I have my own little apothecary, <laughs> but you know, I'm, I'm way more likely to try an oil or like a CBD salve, um, before having to like take a Tylenol, right? Like right. I just, I will do everything I can before taking, you know, a man-made chemical like that. So, right. Yeah. And I, I think for so many of us, I think the the mind body wellness uh, community has just been growing, growing, and growing. I mean, certainly in the last fifteen years. But I remember when I started my practice, you know, when I told people that I do acupuncture and flower essences, people would kind of look at me and, "What's that?" And it's kind of you know, in air quotes, "woo woo," and we don't really yeah. deal with that. Yeah. And and now when I say what I do, people are very receptive or they've even already tried it themselves. It just, I just seen so much of a shift in even the past five, 10 years in terms of our collective receptivity to this nature healing, this medicine that comes from the earth and has been here for thousands of years. And we're, mm-hmm. it's almost like we're late to the game a little bit. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm sitting here and I've got all my, all my little crystals sitting right here in front of me, you know, like, I mean, it's just, you know, like you said, people are like, that's a little too woo woo for me. Right. How's a rock going to help me? Um, but when you go back to like what you're talking about with the elements and nature and like, so I frequently go to the, um, 
South Dakota and to the Black Hills. Mm. And as I'm driving through the Black Hills, I come around a corner and there's a slab of rose quartz. Oh my goodness. I know. It's just like, oh, it's just like magical. (laughs) And I get out and I sit on it and I just like, it's like, it's kind of like a let, like a, it's almost shaped like a chair, the way the water, you know, has sculpted it. And I just kind of like get on it and lay on it and put my body on it. And I'm like, ah, like, it's just, I don't know. It's so magical. And I think when people travel mm-hmm. and they feel called to a specific area, like they feel really calm or energized. It's, it's the nature, it's those rocks, it's, it's the trees, it's the dirt, it's everything, um, whether they realize that consciously or not. Right. And it's so much of um, making this medicine as practical as practical can be, at least, you know, for me and my work, because there's some folks that I will see in my clinic that want all of the things. They want the oil, they (laughs) want the crystal, they want the meditation, they want the candle to light, they want all of those things. And then there are some folks that are just like, well, how does this work exactly? And tell me the science and show me why this particular acupuncture point works. And so what I love about this medicine is that it is accommodating enough for all of those, you know, inclinations. But it's it's like you said, when you travel, I remember I had gone um, whitewater rafting mm. and it was a part of the river where you could only get to by this, this whitewater rafting and the trees there were so majestic. Like I, I never felt so insignificant in the, in the best possible way as I did being witnessed by these majestic trees on this part of the river that nobody gets to unless they're whitewater rafting. And so when we have those kinds of experiences, or like you said, you're laying on a rose quartz, it's like, how can nature not be healing for us? You know, how could it not, you know, it's been here for so long and we'll be here long after we are, I'm sure. So there's, there's just so much medicine there. And then, you know, when I think about the, the soul lessons of nature, I think that's where I just bring it back to being really practical, you know? So it's like, you're trying to start a business and you need a little bit of inspiration. You need a push, right? That's the wood element. So where in, in your environment can you see that, that forceful, unapologetic reaching for the sun? And how can that image support you in taking the next steps in your business? You know, and sometimes it's really just coming back to those essential lessons, you know, what we learn from water. How can you go inside of your depths? How can you get still and quiet enough to... Um, to listen and to hear. And that's what the water element teaches us. So it's really like helping people to make those, those to bridge those gaps between thinking about nature as something all the way out there or something that I have to wait till I go on vacation to experience and to really just say, okay, you know, even if you live in the most urban of urban environments, which hello, New York City over here, nature's everywhere. And there's, there's always something you can learn from what you, uh, what you allow to capture your attention and enter your consciousness. Mm. I, I was recently house sitting for my friend and, you know, we live in town and it was dusk. It was just about dark out. And I had to run up to my car 
and I caught something on the corner of my eye and it was fireflies. <gasps> oh. <laughs> and I literally just had to stand there and watch them for a little bit. There was like dozens of them. And it was so magical. Um, you know, they're only out at a certain time of year. And, mm. you know, the, these little creatures, they just light up. And, you know, I just, I had to stand there and take it all in. Yeah. Right in town. Right, right in her yeah. front yard. It's, and they're just like, they're just right there. Nature is mm-hmm. everywhere. And then that metaphor of like that, that lighting up in the dark and that, I, I almost get the sense of like, when I think of fireflies, I think of just like magic pixie dust being sprinkled yes. on the earth and they just yes. really embody that, you know, <laughs> so mm, they are very cool. Awareness. So Lindsay, your book in our element um, is available. You can get it through your website. I assume it's on Amazon, Barnes and Noble. All the places we love books. So Amazon, <laughs> Barnes and Noble. If you have a favorite local bookstore, you can order it. Um, they, it's you know set up that you can order it through your favorite local bookstore. All the places, all the spaces. Um, of course, the publisher Llewellyn um, has a great catalog, as including my book. So all the places. And your website for the book is inourelementbook.com. And your website for all the other things is thespiritseed.org. So tell us a little bit about what we can find there. So the Spirit Seed is where is the home of our community where we teach classes and certify practitioners in the use of flower essence therapy. So we have one program that's for budding practitioners, and then we have another program for licensed wellness professionals that want to integrate flower essences into an existing practice. But we teach um, all areas of the work of flower essence. It's an integration of depth psychology, as well as uh, flower essence therapy principles and practice. And what I love about the community is that we say that we're co-creating a a modern medicine and neo-ancient medicine. So we're drawing on all these ancient and ancestral principles, but we're making it current for our specific communities. And so you'll also find lots of student work and research and artistic projects and things that bring these elements to life, as well as uh, my line of flower essence remedies that are based on the soul lessons of the, of the five elements. Oh, I love it. And you have a little discount for our listeners. You have 15% off any flower essences uh, with the code wellness from within. Yes. And I have all those links and everything in the show notes. So wherever you're listening to this podcast, you can click through to the show notes to find that information and click through um, to Lindsay's websites. So Lindsay, thank you so much for being here today. This has been such a lovely conversation. Thank you so much for having me. I've really enjoyed being here with you. Appreciate it. And thank you everyone for listening. I really hope you enjoyed today's episode. Please do consider leaving a five-star review wherever you are listening to help others on their own wellness journey discover this podcast. And also, if you're enjoying the podcast, please consider supporting it through a Patreon membership for just $5 a month at patreon.com slash Amy Zellmer. Thank you all for listening. Have a great day and I'll see you in the next episode.